0: Hello, friends, and welcome to How About a Story, the pop-in edition. I'm Isauda. So, I am a big fan of spooky things. I love vampires and werewolves and sexy creatures of the night. Fall is coming. So, hint, hint on what to expect in the fall. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Do you have a scary story that just needs to be shared? If so, head over to our Instagram page and send us a DM with said story. And then I will perform it here during the seasons of fear. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I think it'll be fun. So I'm super excited. Um, And now that you're all juiced and pumped for something spooky and scary, listen to this oldie but goodie. True. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous. I had been and am, but why would you say that I am not? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was a sense of hearing acute. Mm -hmm. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? (laughs) Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly. I can tell you the whole story. (laughs) It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object? There was none. Passion? (laughs) There was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. And for his gold, I had no desire. I think it was his eye. (laughs) Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it, and whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus just rid myself of the eye forever. Now this is the point. You fancy me mad. Mad men know nothing, but you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what uh, foresight, and with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. Every night about midnight, I turned the latch of the door and opened it. Oh, so gently. Then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed so that no light shone out. And then I thrust in my head. Oh, but you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening, so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. (laughs) What a madman have been so wise as this! And then when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously, oh so cautiously, cautiously for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed. And so it was impossible to do the work, for it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, (laughs) calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he had passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man indeed to suspect that every night, just at 12, I looked in on him while he slept. (laughs) Upon the eighth night, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph. (laughs) To think that there I was, opening the door, little by little, and he not even to dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. (laughs) I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved in the bed suddenly, you know, as if startled. Now you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with a thick darkness, for the shutters were closed, fastened, you know, fear robbers and so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, and I kept pushing it on steadily, steadily. (laughs) I had my head in and was about to open the lantern then when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening and the old man sprang up in the bed crying out, "'Who's there?' Hmm? Who's there? I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour, I did not move a muscle, and in the meantime, I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed, listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently, I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or of grief, oh no. It was the low stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul. When overcharged with awe, I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it has welled up from my own bosom deepening within its dreadful echo the terrors that distracted me i say i knew it well i knew what the old man felt and pitied him although i chuckled at heart i knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise when he had turned in the bed his fears had been ever since growing upon him He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, It is nothing but the wood in the chimney. It's only a mouse crossing the floor. It's merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. (laughs) Yes, he has been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found it all in vain all in vain because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim, and it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he never saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room when I had waited a long time very patiently without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. You can't imagine how stealthily, stealthily until at length a single dim ray like the thread of the spider shot from out the crevice and full upon the vulture's eye it was open wide wide open and i grew furious as i gazed upon it i saw it with perfect distinctness all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow in my bones but i could see nothing else of the old man's face or person for i had directed the ray as if by instinct <laughs> precisely upon the damn spot <laughs> And now have I not told you that what you mistake for madness is but over-acuteness of the senses? (laughs) Now I say there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage, and even yet I refrained and kept still. (laughs) I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could maintain the ray upon the eye. Meanwhile, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker and uh, louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say louder every moment. Do you mark me well? i have told you that i am nervous so i am and now at the dead hour of the night amid the dreadful silence of that old house so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror yet for some minutes longer i refrained and stood still but the beating grew louder louder i thought the heart must burst and and now a new anxiety seized me The sound, the sound will be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once, only once. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. But for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall. <laughs> At length it ceased. The old man was dead. <laughs> I removed the bed and examined the corpse. <laughs> yes, he was stone, stone dead. <laughs> I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye will trouble me no more. <laughs> if you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. <laughs> the night waned and I worked hastily, but in silence. First of all, I um, dismembered the corpse. I caught off the head and the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and deposited all between the scatlings. I then placed the board so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. <laughs> there was nothing to wash out. No stain of any kind, no blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. (laughs) I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues while I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied. (laughs) My manner had convinced them I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But ere long I felt myself getting a getting pale and wishing them gone. My head ached, and I I fancied a ringing in my ears, but still they sat and still chatted. And the ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct, and I, I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness until at length I found that the noise was was not within my ears (laughs) no doubt I now grew very pale but I uh I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice yet the sound increased and what could I do it was a low dull quick sound much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton I gasped for breath and yet the officers heard it not I talked more quickly and more vehemently, but uh, the noise steadily increased. I arose and argued about trifles and in a high key and with violent gesticulations, but the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? (laughs) I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observation of the men but the noise steadily increased. Oh God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards, but the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, louder. Louder and still, the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. <laughs> was it possible they heard not? Oh, mighty God, no, 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 they heard. They expected, they knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought and this I think, but anything was better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this diversion. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die, and now again, hark, louder, 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 villains, I shrieked, dissemble no more, I admit the deed, tear up the planks here, here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. All right. There you have it. The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you have a scary story that you would like to share, please head over to our Instagram page and send me a DM and maybe I will perform your story here. I will see you guys next time. Keep it spooky. This podcast was performed, edited, and produced by me, Isaura Vanegas. Until next time, what stories will you be getting into?